your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, March 22nd, 2021. Another day, another week, flying through the month of uh, March. Pretty soon we'll be talking about April, and all things will be pointed at the NFL draft coming up April 29th. Very excited about that. Want to see how this team continues to build and put this team, put this roster together. But that is for another day. Again, it is March 22nd, 2021. Your boy Q here with you as always. You know you can find me on Twitter, as many of you do, at your boy Q. I want to tell you that today's episode is being brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. Also, before I let you know what's coming up on today's show, did want to give you an update on Obi-Wan Raider in Spring, Texas. Uh, His wife sent me a message on Sunday saying, Good morning, Q. Obi had a hard night. He's back on the sedation medication. His breathing's really hard. He has pneumonia. But the good news is his kidneys are starting to look better. His CT scan showed a little improvement, and his fever is down. Tomorrow, they'll be putting a trach and a peg. He's not showing any signs of waking up. I know God's in control. I just have to continue to hold on. Again, that's from uh, Obi-Wan Raider's wife, uh, at Mr. Mrs. Jordan 2 on Twitter if you want to reach out to her. But she continues to give me updates so I can pass them along because, of course, Obi-Wan Raider is a member of Raider Nation, so definitely a member of our family. Want to make sure everyone knows exactly how he's doing. So coming up on today's show, segment number three, calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. That is the number. Got a bunch of calls, bunch of texts about all things Raiders, including what they did last week, which is a lot, man. They were very, very busy and very, very active as far as free agency goes. Not a ton of big names, but they were still very active. So uh, that's going to come up in segment number three. Segment number two, I want you to hear from a couple of the guys that they signed uh, last week during free agency and a made official over the weekend, Unique Ngakwe. Kenyon Drake and Solomon Thomas. I'll let you hear from those three guys as they all met with the media. And then also John Brown, wide receiver John Brown met with the media. But I'm really excited about those three dudes that I mentioned, Unique Ngakwe, Kenyon Drake, and Solomon Thomas. So you'll hear a little something, something from them coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, as I do on the daily, just give you the news and the notes of the day. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. I think the biggest news that was Raiders related that happened over the weekend was basically all the transactions that they did in free agency, all the people that they brought in and signed to a deal, whether it was people from outside the building or even their own free agents. They made just about all of those officials. So I'll just kind of go through those pretty quickly. Wide receiver John Brown, uh, he became official. Defensive end Unique Ngakwe became official. Tight end Derek Carrier became official. Wide receiver Zay Jones. Defensive tackle Solomon Thomas. And running back Kenyon Drake. And the thing with Kenyon Drake, everyone was talking about his contract and how much he was going to make and how can the Raiders give up to $14.5 million over two years to a backup running back. Well, Sometimes the numbers are deceiving. So when you really break down the contract, sometimes you got to just look at it and really, really break it down to understand where it is. So when you look at Kenyon Drake's contract, $3 million in 2021 is what he's going to get. He's going to make $8 million in 2022, including a $5.5 million roster bonus next March. That's fully guaranteed at signing. The deal maxes out at $14.5 million with incentives, but as you can tell, it's a very, very creative way to keep cap space, keep cash, all that, keep that down this year. So again, 
three million dollars in 2021 is not a lot of money at all plus again even at 27 years old still a really really talented running back and think he's going to bring a lot to the table him and Josh Jacobs as a nice two-headed monster back there I think is going to be really really good for the Raiders in their offense moving forward the signing of running back Theo Riddick became official over the weekend linebacker Nicholas Morrow became official defensive tackle Jonathan Hankins he became official and also the trades that went down the trades with the Patriots for a fifth round pick in 2022 for Trent Brown that's now official the trade with the Cardinals for a third round pick in 2021 for center Rodney Hudson official and the trade with the Seahawks for a fifth round pick for guard Gabe Jackson also official now I'm still waiting for the official signing of Denzel Good and Richie Incognito uh, defensive tackle Quentin Jefferson he was made official on the 17th which was the first day of the new league year last year and and it's funny a, a quick little note on Quentin Jefferson and I didn't this is not from me this is not from my brain actually uh, at Raider Blood tweeted it at me and it reminded me Jefferson was the dude while he was a member of the Seahawks that tried to climb in the stands after a fan threw a beer or something at him. Uh, he was really angry. And I remember that video. Uh, I mean, after I saw the video, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That was that dude. But uh, he definitely tried to climb into the stands and get after a fan. And so uh, Raider Blood tweeted the video at me. And then he also said, car thief check so yeah he's got a little car thief in him I like that uh, he's only on a one year deal with the Raiders but still uh, I like that little car thief that he has to and look the, the fan didn't have no business throwing stuff at him anyway but uh, he was pretty heated and pretty fired up so when I saw that video I thought yeah he does have a little bit of edge to him so I definitely appreciate that video from at Raider Blood uh, also, the Raiders made official over the weekend. They're bringing back Nevin Lawson on a one-year deal. And I know a lot of people say, Nevin Lawson, he's always getting burnt. He stinks. He's no good. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. He's a guy that the Raiders like. Uh, he's a versatile dude. Uh, he's going to be there for depth. He's not going to stop them from going out and signing another corner or a safety. Uh, he's not going to slow them down from that. He's just basically a guy that's going to provide depth. And, and in a pinch, he can play multiple roles. So uh, nothing to get too worked up at. But they did bring Nevin Lawson back on a one-year deal. This, I thought, was pretty pretty big and pretty interesting news over the weekend. The Raiders are getting their sixth round pick back that they lost for COVID uh, violations throughout the 2020 season. They still had to pay $800,000 for the violations, but they get their sixth round pick back. And I think that's way more important. So now they have eight total picks in the upcoming draft. And I think it's important, not just because it's another draft pick, but it also gives them an opportunity if they need to trade up that they can kind of package that and trade up again, not really worried about it being a six round pick and thinking they're going to get, you know, the best player in the draft or anything with it. But if there's a time where they're looking and they're seeing a guy that they like on the board and they're like, you know what? We can kind of package a couple of these picks and move up and go get them. They have that opportunity, the more picks that they have. And they have eight total picks. So in first round, pick 17. Second round, pick number 48. Third round, pick number 79. Third round, pick number 80. So they have back-to-back, 79 and 80, just like they did in the 2020 draft. They had, what, pick 80 and 81? So there you go. They got two back-to-back picks in the third round. Again, Mike Mayock's words, not mine. Picks in the third round should be starters. Now, the guys that they got in the third round in 2020 were not starters, but let's see what Mike Mayock can do with those. So I'm really looking at those 79 and 80 picks to see what they do. Fourth round, pick number 121. Fifth round, pick number 162. Also in the fifth round, pick 167. So uh, just a couple picks away from each other there. And then that sixth round pick that they got back, number 200. Uh, As far as Marcus Mariota goes, there's still no update on him. The team wants him to take a major pay cut, basically going from about $10 million this year to about $3 million. If he agrees, he stays. If not, then he's either going to get released or traded. But since the whole league knows that he has this ultimatum and he's got to make this decision, there's no reason for anyone in the league to try to trade for him unless they just don't want to compete with other, other teams out there for his services. So they say, hey, we'll give you a late round draft pick. I mean, really, the Raiders don't have too much leverage at all. Uh, the ball's really in Marcus Mariota 
Minnesota's court. If he wants to stay with the silver and black, he's got to take a major pay cut. If he wants to go somewhere else, he just has to say no, and then they're either going to release him or trade him. Most likely, he'll end up getting uh, getting flat-out released and then be free to sign anywhere he wants and probably get a lot more money than the $3 million than, than uh, the Raiders are offering him. But either way, we'll see what happens with quarterback Marcus Mariota as he's still kind of his status with the team is still up in the air. Now, the Raiders did host a free agent on Saturday, free agent offensive lineman Elijah Wilkinson. He came in on Saturday and played in nine games for the Broncos in 2020. He made seven starts at the right tackle position. Of course, that offensive line is a subject that we've been talking about quite a bit here on the podcast. Uh, Obviously, no Trent Brown at the right tackle position, no Gabe Jackson at the right guard position, and of course, no Rodney Hudson at the center position. The Raiders are putting that thing back together. They're piecing it back together with younger guys, uh, you know, cheaper guys, and so uh, that's how they're going to move forward. So, Offensive lineman Elijah Wilkinson was in with the Raiders on Saturday. He is a right tackle. Not saying that if they signed him, he'd be the starting right tackle, but he is a guy that's comfortable playing that right tackle position, so something to pay attention to. And I I saw this little tweet. Someone else tweeted this at me as well, and I'm sorry I forgot exactly who it was, but it was basically a breakdown of why the Raiders shook up the offensive line and uh, it just had a couple cool little nuggets in it that I thought was was pretty interesting. It said, for everyone wondering about the Raiders and why they're dismantling the offensive line, one, they were the number one paid unit in the NFL, but they were the 10th ranked pass blocking win rate in the NFL, and they were 27th ranked run blocking win rate in the NFL. Rodney Hudson went from allowing 1.4% pressure rate to a 5.6% pressure rate, and his pro football focus pass block rate fell from 91.2 to 70. Uh, Gabe Jackson was paid $9.6 million to see his grade drop from 75.6 to 69. Together, Neither Hudson or Gabe were good run blockers is basically what they were saying. And I, I get, you know, the rankings and the numbers and pro football focus. And I know a lot of people, you know, live and die by that. I don't live and die by it. I like to also go by what I saw with my eyes. And what I saw was an offensive line that was pretty good. You know, it was pretty good. And Trent Brown, when he was out there, uh, made him a whole lot better. But he wasn't out there very much in the 2020 season. And, of course, there were so many missing parts. And Denzel Good had to play here. And Brandon Parker had to play here. And, you know, I mean, there was just so many missing parts and so much mix, mixing and matching because there were so many guys injured or out or just whatever happened. And so uh, I, I just feel like the offensive line was pretty good. But I get it. I get it that they're trying to get cheaper, they're trying to get younger, and they feel like they weren't living up to what they should have been doing anyway, which they probably weren't. They probably weren't. But as far as like all the analytics and all these numbers and percentages and everything, I mean, just from looking at it with the naked eye, they weren't that bad. <laughs> they really weren't. I mean, they, they did a pretty decent job. Could it have been better? Absolutely. But then again, they didn't play with each other. I mean, the starters didn't play with each other outside of maybe like three snaps all season long. So, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like they ever really had a chance to gel. And a lot of that's on them. They got to be healthy. They got to be available. So now the Raiders move on with some younger dudes and some cheaper dudes. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear from Unique Ngakwe, Kenyon Drake, and Solomon Thomas, all three new members of the Silver and Black. They had their uh, media sessions. They met with the media on, I believe, Friday, Friday afternoon. And so I took a few of the sound bites from them, and I'll bring them to you next coming up in segment number two. Before we get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. Of course, March Madness is going on right now, so what better time to get off the sidelines and into the 
action. BetOnline.ag is your online sportsbook experts, and again, they can help you get involved in anything. It doesn't have to be college basketball. It could be the NBA. It could be baseball, which is right around the corner. It could be hockey. It could be the UFC. I mean, everything, they've got you covered. So, so simple. BetOnline.ag. If you open up a free account today, use that promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. So you put $200 in, you'll get a 50% bonus on top of that. So you get $300 total to play with. If you put 100 in, you'll have 150 total to play with. Whatever you put in, you're going to get that 50% welcome bonus. Just, you know, just as as an added thank you just for, uh, you know, signing up with betonline.ag. So go ahead and make that happen. If you're on social media, you can check them out at betonline underscore ag and make sure you take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Again, betonline.ag. If you use the promo code LOCKEDON when you open up your account and make your first deposit, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus just like that. Betonline.ag. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to hear from a few of the guys that the Raiders have signed so far in free agency. A couple guys that I'm very excited about. Defensive end Unique Ngakwe. Been pounding the table for him for quite a while. When he was still a member of the Jacksonville Jaguars, he went from Jacksonville to Minnesota to Baltimore, and then he made his way to the Raiders. But either way, he's a member of the Silver and Black now, so I'm excited about that. Kenyon Drake, the running back who was drafted originally by Miami, last year was in Arizona, and now now he's a member of the Silver and Black. He's the guy that came from Alabama. So him and Josh Jacobs obviously went to the same school, not at the same time, but they still went to the same school. So that's pretty exciting as well. They're fired up about that. They're good friends. And then Solomon Thomas. He was a guy who was a former number three overall draft pick back in 2017. And he, like Clee Farrell, does not have the numbers as far as sacks, but he's a guy that can that can stop the run. He's a guy that, that if used correctly, can be a force along the defensive line. Now, he hasn't lived up to... You know what his draft status was when they picked him in 2017 when San Francisco picked him in 2017 but again he's a guy who brings some some good leadership skills he also brings some uh, veteran you know just some know-how to the game and so uh, excited about what he can do his possibilities and he was a stud when he was at Stanford NFL career hasn't been as great as it looked like it was going to be when they drafted him but again being able to uh, be a part of this defensive line rotation should be good for Solomon Thomas so they all met with the media wide receiver John Brown he met with the media as well he comes over from the Buffalo Bills and I don't know I'm not as excited about John Brown not going to lie to you but again in 2020 I wasn't excited about Nelson Aguilar and he ended up being a damn good wide receiver as a matter of fact the best wide receiver that the Raiders had in 2020 now not including Darren Waller but he's a tight end but yeah Nelson Aguilar ended up being the best wide receiver and I didn't think he was going to make the team so just because I'm not excited about John Brown doesn't mean he's not a guy to get excited about he's 30 years old he has a lot of speed he could take the top off the defense that's great I know he gets banged up quite a bit he's he's very small didn't have a whole lot of size as far as being able to take a bunch of hits either way he might end up turning into a really really good player for the silver and black I'm just not that fired up about them. But these three guys, I am pretty excited about. Unique Ngakwe, Kenyon Drake, and Solomon Thomas. So let's go ahead and get into some sounds. Just a couple of them. If you want to go listen to all the, the media sessions with the guys, you can. It's on all on Raiders.com. One, like Ngakwe's is about 10 minutes. I think Kenyon Drake's is about eight minutes. And Solomon Thomas is about six minutes. Uh, John Brown, I think he's like, I don't know, eight minutes or so. Either way you look at it, you can go check them all out at Raiders.com if you want to. But I'm just going to bring you a couple sound bites that stood out to me. So let's go ahead and jump on into it. And let's start off with Unique Ngakwe. So the interesting thing about Ngakwe is he's been a dude that's been 
talked about and rumored to the silver and black for quite a while. Again, going all the way back to when he was still in Jacksonville, talking about the Raiders just making a straight-up trade for him. Well, they didn't pull the trigger on it. Minnesota did. And then Minnesota flipped him during the 2020 season. He went to Baltimore. So uh, he was asked, and I believe Vinny Bonsignor asked this question about how he actually ended up in Vegas finally after his name had been attached to the Raiders for so, so long. Yeah, uh, for sure. This was a place um, that I always uh, dreamed about being uh, to work, but also... um, yeah, the Raiders organization, they definitely tried to reach out and grab me, you know, early in the process. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't go the way that uh, we both wanted. So, you know, it took time. And ultimately, I'm back here uh, where I wanted to be, and it worked out. So um, I would say, man, uh, everything happens for a reason. So there's Ngakwe, and I'll tell you, listening to him talk, he's just so even-keeled, he's so chill, and he's so, as a matter of fact, you know, I mean, there's everything, he's so confident in what he can do, what he's going to bring to the table, and how this Raiders defense is going to get turned around. Now, I don't expect any free agent that signs a contract and meets with the media afterwards to come out and be like, oh, no, I'm going to stink, and the defense is going to stink. You know, I, I don't expect that, but at the same time, you could just, if you listen to the whole thing, he really, really sounds confident in how he's going to get this thing, or how he's going to help get this thing turned around. And one of the things about it is when he was drafted, Gus Bradley was the head coach there of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, his rookie year was Gus Bradley's last year with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but how much of that was an appeal? Now that Gus Bradley's the defensive coordinator of the Raiders, how much was he being there with the team an appeal for Ngakwe? Uh, uh, It was a no-brainer. Coach Gus was a guy that had input and drafted me uh, back in 2016. He knows what what I bring to this game. And um, I feel like that's a coach that knows how to utilize my skill set to make it super effective to help the team as best as possible. So uh, with Gus being here, I know it's like another father figure for me. It's another guy that can help me out while I'm out here in a different coast. So it's a blessing. So there's Unique Ngakwe talking about Gus Bradley, what he means to him off the field and on the field. He even said, you know, he's a, he's a father figure type for me. I'm out here on another coast. He's not a guy from the West Coast. So obviously being in Vegas is going to be different for him. But he knows that Gus Bradley knows him really, really well. And more importantly, for the success of the Raiders, he's a guy that Gus Bradley knows how to use. And that's something that we've been talking about on the podcast a lot. How to use these guys. Don't go sign guys if you're not going to use them correctly. Gus Bradley clearly knows what Unique Ngakwe is really good at and what he's not really good at. So he's going to use them and set them up in success, a position of success, so he can be used correctly. That's what gets me excited about this signing. And uh, also one more soundbite from Unique Ngakwe. Just the fact that when he gets to the quarterback and he sacks him, he not only sacks him, but he strips him a lot. That's something that Raider Nation got used to seeing with Khalil Mack. He was really, really good at that, not only sacking the quarterback, but also stripping the ball. So Unique Ngakwe was asked about his philosophy about getting to the quarterback and stripping the ball. My philosophy is, um, you know, when you get past the tackle, What's the, what's the thing that can make you the best? And that's getting the ball out. Getting the ball out uh, gives your offense a chance to score points if you re- if you can recover the ball back. Uh, you know, if you sack the quarterback, it's all cool, but you still give that offense another opportunity to be able to uh, go down for another play, depending upon what down and distance it is. If it was the first down you got to sack, they, they still have a chance, you know, to um, recuperate for two more downs. But if when you strip the, the football, and you, you recover it back, you give your offense another opportunity. And also you save 
uh, the energy of the other 10 guys you're playing with on the field because they they can get off the field now and drink Gatorade. So there's Unique Ngakwe talking about his philosophy and, you know, turnovers. That's something that I've talked about quite a bit here on the show, that the Raiders' defense needs to find a way to create turnovers. Uh, the secondary needs to intercept the ball, and guys on, on the defensive line need to be able to get to the quarterback, sack him, and strip him. You know, Max Crosby's done that a, 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 a quite a bit, and Unique Ngakwe can definitely do that. So I'm very excited about the addition of Ngakwe, what he could bring to the table, and if he can start to get to the quarterback and strip the ball and get the Raiders the ball on, on a short field. I mean, that's that's how you capitalize. And, and going all the way back to 2016, which is I know everyone loves to go back to 2016 and say uh, that's when Derek Carr was an MVP. That's when the Raiders were a playoff team. Well, a lot of the times, their defense wasn't very good, but a lot of the times, they created turnovers in 2016, and a lot of them came from Khalil Mack being able to get to the quarterback and sacking him. Even Bruce Irvin, he was able to sack the quarterback and, and strip him as well, and they just were able to get short fields. Sometimes you got to play with a short field. So that's all I got from Unique and Gakwe. I wanted you to have one soundbite from Kenyon Drake. He was asked about not being a starter because, of course, we all know Josh Jacobs is running back number 1A, but in my opinion, Kenyon Drake is 1B, but he was asked about not being a starter, and why did he want to go to a team where he wasn't the clear-cut number one running back, and if that mattered to him? I thought this was a great answer, plus he describes on how John Gruden's going to use him. Here it is. Well, in, in my with my abilities, um, just being a starter, quote unquote, um, isn't something that is a high priority in terms of being out there for however many plays. Like with what Coach Gruden um, said that how he was going to use me was just being on the field in a multitude of ways, playing receiver, playing running back. Um, just having that ability to kind of use my versatility as a weapon um, in, in the open field uh, is something that really um, spoke to me. And uh, to kind of share that role uh, with Josh, with him being uh, obviously such a, a capable back, um, I feel like it, it, it spells uh, success for this team. So there's Kenyon Drake talking about starter. The title starter is not really a big deal because he's going to be using them in a bunch of different ways. And again, I mentioned it when they signed him. I mentioned it last week that he's going to be that joker that Lynn Bowden Jr. was supposed to be. The guy that John Gruden wanted Lynn Bowden Jr. to be is who Kenyon Drake is going to be. He's going to be a guy that's going to line up as a wide receiver. He's going to line up as a running back. They're just going to find ways to get him the ball. Also, he's going to be on the field a lot. So uh, I'm excited about his addition. I, I, I like Kenyon Drake a lot going all the way back to Alabama. Uh, anyone who's listened to this show for a long time knows I like Alabama players. Roll Tide. Have no problem with that. <laughs> OK, uh, but either way you look at it, I think Drake and Jacobs in the backfield is going to be a really good combination, a good one two punch. And it, it's going to be similar to what's going on in Cleveland, you know, with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Both those guys, when they're on the field, are capable of, of being the number one guy. So I think if Jacobs is on the field, number one guy. Drake's on the field. Number one guy. I, I think it's a win-win situation for the Raiders in that backfield, so I'm excited about that. Now, I got a couple sound bites from Solomon Thomas that I want you to hear real quick, and the first one is about what he's going to be doing. He's going to be playing the three technique, and in San Francisco, he played a bunch of different roles, but apparently the Raiders want him just to play that three technique. That's how Rob Marinelli plans on using him. That's what they've talked to him about. So here's Solomon Thomas on him playing that three technique and why he's excited to play that position. Uh, the three tech is where I made my, my bread and butter in college. You know, that's where I feel 
the most, you know, efficient. I feel like I can be extremely explosive. I'm quick. You know, I'm really strong with my size, and you know, I'm just, I'm just ready to go there. You know, I'm ready to wreak havoc. I'm ready to get after it, and we're going to be disruptive. And you know, I'm, I'm really lucky to be a part of, you know, this talented defensive line. You know, this great team, and um, you know, a team filled with great history and tradition. So there's Solomon Thomas talking about playing the three technique and why he's fired up to play that. Again, played multiple roles in San Francisco, up and down the defensive line. Very, very versatile guy, but he's going to be playing the three technique with the Raiders. So you heard him right there talk about a talented defensive line. And last season, he tore his ACL, and you'll find out uh, where he is uh, health-wise in just a second. But he watched a lot of Raider football, and, and he said that uh, he, he liked what he saw from the defense. And so Jerry McDonald actually asked him, he said straight up, like, hey, the Raiders' defense wasn't very good last year. So what did you actually see that you liked that got you fired up about being a member of this defensive line and this defensive unit? Uh, I saw the way their defensive line played. You know, I saw the young talent. Um, you know, I, I can see the way Coach Marinelli coaches these guys. You know, they get off the rock. They play hard. Um, you know, and also watch Coach Marinelli when he was with the Cowboys, too, and I watched the way his D-line plays there, too. And, you know, just trans was over. Um, so, you know, I'm extremely excited to play along this D-line and play with Coach Marinelli and, you know, these, these talented players. So what he saw, young talent and hard workers. He saw Coach Marinelli getting these guys up, coaching them up and trying to get them to, to work really hard. And, you know, that was really more towards the end of the season. So that's what Solomon Thomas is talking about, being a part of that. And, uh, again, he's coming off a torn ACL. It's only a one-year deal. So, you know, this might be a win-win scenario for him. He might just be with the Raiders for the one year and, and, and even continue to rehab himself some more and, uh, you know, show a little something-something and then be able to, to dip back into free agency and get another contract. But right now, saying all the right things, and, and again, I never expect him to come out and say, well, I'm not going to be a very good player or this team sucks. Or, I mean, you're just you're not going to hear that anyway. But, you know, he gives Marinelli credit and he gives the young talent that's on the on the roster right now, especially on the defensive line, some credit. So clearly looking at like a guy like Max Crosby. So the final question that I want you to hear, the final soundbite I want you to hear from Solomon Thomas is about his torn ACL. You know, where is he at right now as far as health goes? And uh, will he be available when uh, training camp starts? Um, You know, so I'm five months post post op right now. And I'm feeling great, you know, feel normal walking, um, no restrictions lifting. I'm doing all, all the lifting, single leg, double leg, you know, um, you know, so I'm, I'm feeling good. Started running, you know, a lot of sprint mechanics, running motions, uh, you know, working into lateral work. So I'm, I'm pretty ahead of schedule. I'm, you know, around month five, uh, close to month six, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, continue to finish that rehab just so I can be 100%. But, you know, I, I know I'll be ready to go and 100% before camp. So there's Solomon Thomas talking about where he'll be before camp, and he said he'll be ready to go before training camp, which is, is important, you know. And, and again, as a guy who's torn two ACLs, I realized that the first year back from a torn ACL, I don't think anyone's ever 100%. And I don't even mean just physically. I always mean, like, mentally. You just have to learn to trust your, your leg or your, your knee again, and, and that just happens. You know, you'll see it with guys when they get, uh, you know, major injuries. And I know ACL is not a major injury anymore. It happens all the time, but still, guys regain their confidence. Usually, they get way more confident in year two uh, following their their torn ACL and their, their rehab. But, I mean, it is what it is. He says he'll be back and he'll be available and he'll be ready to go for training camp. So that's a good thing. So hopefully, he could just help out with that rotation. Again, he doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all guy. He just has to be a part of the rotation and really, really help out. It's up to the Raiders to develop a really strong rotation so he doesn't have to be the guy all the time. You know, he doesn't have to be who Malik Collins was supposed to be in 2020. He has to just be who Solomon Thomas is going to be 
this year. You know, there's one more soundbite I wanted you to hear. I knew that I said that was the last one, but he talked about being and the challenges of being the number three overall pick and not living up to the expectations, only having like six career sacks. I mean, that's not going to uh, get it done as far as the expectations when you're drafted as high as you were. And that's similar to Cleve Farrell. So here's his thoughts on being the number three overall pick and not quite living up to those expectations. Uh, definitely. You know, uh, you know, it's definitely something that, you know, I've, I've had to transition through and, and work through in my journey, um, you know, especially the first couple years I struggled with that uh, but you know I've you know I wouldn't really change anything that's happened in the past four years you know um, you know it didn't go how I wanted to but you know I've I've learned about myself I've grown I've matured I've become into the complete person I am today I've come into the complete player I am today I believe in myself more than I ever have and I truly believe my career is just now starting you know I've played four years in the league but I really feel as young as I've ever felt even coming off an ACL injury and I feel the most excited and hungry I've ever felt in my life and so you know I'm ready for this you know you know it took four years to come full circle and learn all this and, and really become one with me but you know it was worth it and that's how life works and you know I'm ready to go and I'm ready to prove the greatness of Solomon Thomas and, and what's about to come. So I just thought I'd play that right there just to let you hear what Solomon Thomas had to say about being formerly the number three overall pick and, and you know the expectations are high and again his job's not even to get to the quarterback and sack the quarterback consistently. I mean he's a guy who's got to plug up the hole. He's a guy that's got to uh, you know uh, help push the pocket back and you know if he gets to the quarterback gravy but I mean he's got other responsibilities than just getting to the quarterback but again that responsibility is always such a high responsibility when you're number three overall or in you know Cleve Farrell's case number four overall. You know there's a lot that goes with it so maybe he can also help out kind of and I think Cleo is in a good place I don't think that he's like you know mentally banging his head against the wall in frustration or anything but still I think just kind of saying hey hey bro I've been in that position been there done that uh, everything will work out and be okay uh, he might be a good thing for Cleo Farrell in that locker room as well so that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast coming up in segment number three your texts and calls straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 that's the number but before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about Built Bar. And, of course, I've been telling you about Built Bar for just about forever, right? Best tasting protein bar on the market. Amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. A great taste of protein bars, 100% covered in chocolate. Well, right now, what's going on? Not only March Madness is going on, but the Built Bar Madness Challenge is going on. Today's matchup, Coconut versus birthday cake. That's right. They're going on in a round. The next round, it's an enticing eight round. Uh, who's going to win this one? Who's going to improve and move on? Coconut versus birthday cake. Those are the two going up against each other today. You can go to builtbar.com or you can hit it up on Twitter at bar underscore built to get your vote on. And remember, when you are on the website, go ahead and re-up and go get a, another box of built bars or a couple new boxes of built bars. And when you do that, use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. That's LOCK15 to get 15% off your order at builtbar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who's going to move on and have that opportunity to become the best tasting, crown the best tasting protein bar, all from builtbar.com. Segment number three is on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast. Voicemail line 707-654-4693. 707-654-4693. Let's go ahead and start off with a text message from Koala Raider 312. Say, what it do? Q is Koala Raider from the 312. I've had a few questions about the Raiders wide receiver depth and wanted to hear your thoughts about it. Since we let Tyrell Williams walk and lost Nelson Aguilar to the Pats, do you think the Raiders are going to make moves to acquire more wide receivers besides John Brown? 
Brown, or are they just going to stick with what they have now? Also, who should the Raiders look into that would be a good fit for our wide receiver help? Much love, Q. Keep shining. Do what you do. Peace out, Raider Nation. Again, it's from Koala Raider from the 312. And I'll tell you, man, I don't think that the Raiders are really going to be going and trying to address that wide receiver position anymore. You got John Brown. You have Hunter Renfro. You have Brian Edwards. You have Henry Ruggs. Of course, Darren Waller's there. I don't think they look in that direction in free agency anymore. If they address the wide receiver position, it may be a guy in the draft that they go get. You know, go get a young dude and just add him to the mix. But, I mean, because John Brown's only there on a one-year deal. I don't think that they uh, address the wide receiver position anymore in free agency. I think they're done with that. Now it's all about getting a safety and getting a corner. I know Trey Boston, there was thoughts on him. And uh, apparently that the Raiders have had contact with him, but uh, still have, have heard nothing concrete. So those are really the two areas of concern as far as, uh, as, far as I'm concerned when the Raiders in free agency still are uh, corner and safety. I think wide receiver is a done deal. If they address that, that'll probably be in the upcoming draft. Thank you so much for that text. Next up is a call from Jordan in Oregon. He called in late last week talking about his excitement level when it comes to the signing of Kenyon Drake, what he thinks that means for the team moving forward. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon. Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan in Oregon. I wanted to call in and just say how stoked I am with the, the Kenyon Drake signing. Uh, that guy's a great back. I think he'll he'll honestly be exactly what we need for this offense. I know two or three times uh, this offseason I've called in Q and kind of even picked your brain about who would be a good uh, one-two punch coming out of the draft. And I think, you know, with the way um, this draft is going to go, um, personally I think we're going to be focusing on, on our line and defense. I think getting a, a running back like Drake is a no-brainer. I see a, a lot of people, um, you know, stuff I'm reading are I've shaking their head and confused at this signing, but if there's one thing, you know, that you need to, to keep in mind, it's the last two years with Jacobs and even the previous year, uh, what we've learned with Gruden is, is he wants to be pretty predictable with running the ball. And when you're predictable and, and you run the ball a lot, like Gruden does, and you, you tend to, to have kind of a predictable offense, I think your backs get beaten down pretty good. In the last couple of years, when our season's fallen off, our, our uh, rushing yards have really declined too. Both years, go back and look at the six and three or six and four start of the last two years. Right at that point, our run game really fell off a cliff. And so my goal, would, you know, if I was Gruden, I would be trying to utilize uh, taking the load off Jacobs and, and, you know, making it to where this is a, a two-back system and not just, you know, putting so much load on Jacobs. But love the signing. Love where uh, free agency starting to head. I'm pretty stoked about things. Appreciate it, Q. Have a good one, man. There he goes. That's Jordan in Oregon, and I'm with you, man. I like the signing, too. Uh, Drake will provide another dynamic. And if Drake is in the game, you have a starter in the game. Jacobs in the game, you got a starter in the game. You know what I mean? It's a really, really good one-two punch. Very excited about that addition. And, again, just you heard from him earlier in segment number two. He said uh, the way that John Gruden plans on using them, you know, in multiple different ways. So you can even see Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake on the field at the same time. That could be exciting as well. Just It gives the Raiders more opportunity to get more creative. So, uh, yeah, I think that that's a really, really good signing. Thank you so much for that call. Next up is a text from Big O from Arizona. It says, 
Question, do you think or have you heard that the reason for the offensive line rebuild is because Gruden wants to run a zone-style scheme? Thank you for all you do. Just win, baby. That's from Big O from Arizona. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot of it, you know, and it's been brought up a couple times. And uh, I said it last week that I don't think that that's the main reason. I feel like, you know, Trent Brown and Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson, I feel like they did a good job anyway with the zone-blocking scheme. I mean, they've been running that for a while, and I know that they do multiple things. They have concepts from the power-blocking scheme in there. But for the most part, they do the zone scheme that they've been doing since Tom Cable has been there. And I'm not a big fan of that, but I get it. You know, it makes a lot of things a lot easier on a lot of running backs to just go ahead and, and hit the hole and, and go where the hole's supposed to be and, and go for it. So, I mean, there's been a lot of successful running backs that have used that zone blocking scheme. Like I said, I prefer the power blocking scheme, but I get it. I mean, most of the teams in the league now all go to zone style scheme just because, well, the way that they practice and they don't practice the the, the power blocking. They can't practice the power blocking scheme. They don't have enough time as far as the CBA goes, something that Lincoln Kennedy talked to me about quite a while here on the podcast. Uh, I think it was a couple years ago at this point now. But anyway, um, that's some of it. I just think, you know, going back to what I said, I think in segment number one, uh, these guys were high paid and, you know, they weren't quite uh, the, the dominant offensive line that they were before. And so they're going younger and that's just what it is. And I've said it before on the show, you know, if you don't think that there's someone always trying to replace you, look for that younger replacement, younger, cheaper replacement of you. You're crazy. You know, that's in every walk of life. There's always a, a, a company or a boss that's looking to replace you with a younger, cheaper dude. Well, the NFL is a business as well. And that's exactly what they do too. So thank you so much for that. Of course, the zone blocking scheme has something to do with it, but I don't think it's the end all be all, but thank you for that. Uh, Next up is a call from Chris in Oklahoma by way of the 209. He's calling to talk about Senator Rodney Hudson and has a theory behind what he thinks happened. Uh, Here he is, Chris in Oklahoma from the 209. Yo, what up, Q? What up, Locked On Raider podcast? Chris out of Oklahoma by way of Stockton, California. It's been a quite a minute, to be honest. I haven't even – I just haven't been indulging myself in a lot of Raider content just because the offseason seems to be so much speculation. Um, watch the, you know, listen to the podcast here and there. Um, just haven't been really calling, of course. But anyway, I just called in to say, you know, I was really burnt up by the, the Huddy news, Rodney Hudson news at first, like really burnt. I deleted, uh, Twitter from my phone just to kind of give myself a break. And then, you know, as time went on, I saw that we signed a few guys. The, the second part where we made it better was seeing the fact that we, uh, you know, traded him for a third rounder. So we got something for him. Um, but my speculation is this, is that I think probably what happened is we probably asked him to take a pay cut, another pay cut, and he said absolutely not, and that's when he asked to be released. Um, I'm hoping that this doesn't cause a rift in our locker room, but my speculation is that we realized we had too much money invested in that offensive line and that we needed to invest more in our defensive line, which makes sense. I think we all would agree with that. So going forward, I just hope there's no locker room rifts. I hope that we can fix this. Um, I mean, this really could be a a uh, a tough thing. But anyway, uh, long story short, I was I was on I was on a I was on a, a live stream with with Doxy and T. If you guys don't know, he is a YouTuber. Anyway, um, I, he had me on a call and he asked me a question. He goes, "What's your name? What do you go by?" And I said, "I don't know." And I was giving him my name. Long story short, I told him I was a pastor. He goes, "Oh, you're Pastor Raider." So. I am officially now Pastor Raider. I am the pastor for the for the for the Raider Nation. That is completely a joke. If you don't believe in God or whatever, I'm literally just making a joke. But hey, hope we all are having a wonderful day. God bless y'all. Love y'all.
Peace out. There goes Chris in Oklahoma by way of the 209. And, of course, yeah, the move was money-based for sure. You know, but the thing about it is they don't really, you know, they didn't really lose or, or gain a whole lot of cap space by moving on from him. You know what I mean? Like, it, it really didn't do that. They still ended up, even after trading him, it still ended up being about $12 million in dead cap money. So didn't really save him a whole lot of money, but – they were able to get a draft pick out of them, which I was very shocked by since they had already kind of let the cat out the bag that they were going to release them. So I didn't think any team was going to trade for them. Luckily that the Cardinals went out there and did it and it got a good one back too, a third round pick. It gives them some more ammunition to help build this roster. You know, no matter what direction they go in April when the draft comes up, that extra third round pick could really, really help them. Thank you so much. And shout out to you, Pastor Raider. I like that. Uh, how about a text from Brew Nick in Sacramento? A quick one. He said, you killed it on the running back podcast. Everything I was actually thinking about, you hit on. Running back 1A and 1B. Love it. Love you. Prayers from Sunny NorCal. Hope all is well. Raiders. Brew Nick from Sacramento. And uh, thank you so much. And really, I mean, I saw a lot of people freaking out about, you know, giving a lot of money to a running back. And why would you go get another running back when you have a quality one? And I think we've been saying on this show for quite a while that it would be nice to see a nice one-two punch. Well, now the Raiders have it. You know, and again, it's not a drop-off at all when Josh Jacobs is out of the game, which is not something that we've seen so far in his career. So I think it's going to definitely be a positive. Thank you for that uh, text. Appreciate you. Final text for the show comes from Joel at the IE. Says, Q, what's up, big dog? Joel at the IE checking in after a very high emotion-driven Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. One thing I wanted to mention before speaking on some of the team moves is that of the environment you have created for the listeners of this podcast. The fact that listeners feel comfortable enough to share their personal challenges and reach out for support is a testament to what you have built here. With that said, thank you. What would you say the direction of the team is at the moment? I'm hearing a lot of perspectives from different reporters and analysts. Vic Tafer and a couple other guys from The Athletic are saying that the Raiders are looking to contend in 2022 rather than now. What do you think? Then you have the Drake signing and the media and some of the nation going crazy over it. Haven't a lot of us been asking for a two-headed monster in the backfield? I get the money issue, but the running game would take time to get going sometimes or even be lacking, whether that be play calling or blocking. At the end of the day... All of this is still moves on paper. We won't know how this pans out until the season gets going, and we're about six or so games in. Keep doing your thing, Q. Appreciate you. That's from Joel out the IE. Good text, my man. And I say that the direction of the team, and look, I've seen it. I've seen Vic Tafer and, and many others, Tim Kawakami, and uh, all those guys say that, you know, the Raiders are looking to try to contend in 2022. I think Tashawn Reed even said that as well. And I, I find that hard to believe. I understand why they say that, especially with all the one-year deals and two-year deals that they're rolling out, you know, so they, they build up a lot of uh, uh, salary cap space for the 2022 offseason or 2021 offseason leading into the 2022 season. I just find that hard to believe that they're not trying to get to the playoffs and try to build this team to, to really contend this year because, again, it's going into year four of John Gruden. I just can't see how many years John Gruden's going to say, well, we're, we're building to next year. We're building to next year. Like at some point, man, you got, you know what they say that, you know, either take a crap or get off the pot. Well, they got to do that. And I know they don't say it in those words, but you know, it's family friendly here on the podcast. So, I mean, it's just, that's what it's got to be. But I, again, I understand where these people are coming from again with the, the one year deals and all that. But I will say a lot of the one year's deals, it has a lot to do with the salary cap going down, which is something I talked about before the, the free agent period, free agency period even opened up that you were going to see a lot of these not just with the Raiders but across the league if you look across the landscape of the league everyone's signing one or two year deals I mean that's just what it is there's not a whole lot of long long term deals unless you're young dudes like Justin Simmons there in, in Denver at the safety yeah they gave him a nice four year deal but he's a young dude he's proven himself and you know Leonard Williams there with the Giants he, he got a nice four year deal I get that but uh, besides that man it's not a whole lot of guys that are just getting big time contracts 
rolled out. Uh, as far as the as far as the signing of Drake, uh, again, yeah, two headed monster is exactly what all of us, including myself, has been pounding the table for and saying that the Raiders need to be able to do something like that. And now they do. They got their you know Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, not necessarily the same exact type players, but the fact that no matter who's on the field, you have a starter out there. You have a guy who can definitely get it done. Uh, and again, you're right. It is all moves on paper. Uh, the Raiders, many, many years, have won the offseason and haven't turned it into anything during the regular season. So i rather let the Patriots go ahead and win the offseason, uh, let the Chiefs win the offseason, let the Broncos, let all those teams go ahead and win the offseason. And then when it comes time to play, the Raiders actually get it done on the field instead of just on paper. So thank you so much for that text. Definitely appreciate you. And that's all I got for today's show. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have more calls and texts throughout that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, more news and notes of the day. Uh, Trayvon Merrick, he uh, from TCU, he's a safety from TCU that Mel Kiper Jr. has mocked to the Raiders at number 17. He actually had his pro day on Friday with TCU, and I was on that uh, pro day uh, conference call, and I wanted to bring some of that to the table on today's show, so probably bring some of that to the table on tomorrow's show, but we'll have more stuff to talk about as well. So that's all coming up and then a whole lot more. So until then, Raider Nation, stay safe, wash your hands, uh, wear your mask, do what you got to do, social distance, you know, do everything you can to stay safe and your family stay safe. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.